0: In the first part of your Bible, the Old Testament and Old Covenant is a preview, in one sense, of the New Testament, the 27 chapters of the New Testament, the New Covenant. And we can see things that are called types. And these types are, we see Jesus as people that shadow what Jesus is truly like throughout the Old Testament. Who can tell me someone in the Old Testament that is a type? A foreshadowing of of an aspect of who Jesus is. Somebody give it to me out there. Moses. Okay, I heard a couple. of Moses is a type. Moses, in, in the lawgiver and judge, Moses is a foreshadowing of Jesus leading his people into victory and into deliverance. Right? He is a deliverer, Moses. And that is one aspect. That's not all the aspect of Jesus. But that is an aspect of Jesus and His character that's being seen through the Old Testament. You said Joseph. Joseph, absolutely. Another example of Jesus as the really, in one sense, suffering servant, right? Who went through a number of situations that were, uh, uh, that were very discouraging. <laughs> Yet he kept his faith in God and the one who went down in order to go up above everyone else, right? He was, he was thrown into prison. He, was, he spent 13 years, Joseph, not knowing what was going on, and then he was exalted to the second place of command of all Egypt in a foreshadowing of Jesus who went before us, laid down his life, and then ultimately was exalted to the high place. So we see, you could go on, we could talk a long time, but that's not what the sermon's about. I do want to say there are types and foreshadowings in the Old Testament of what's going on in the New Testament. Just as there's a type and foreshadowing with Jesus, so we see here in Nehemiah chapter 4 a foreshadowing of Satan and his oppressive works against God's people. Sanballat, who is mentioned here. Tobiah and Geshem. Three names that are interesting. These three guys represent Satan and his minions. And what we see in the natural here in this, in this book is a spiritual... Uh, attack that goes toward, toward the church in the New Testament in the way spiritually we are rebuilding walls. The enemy will attack and come against that uh, for, God's, for whatever God's purposes are. So we see very simply, these people that are oppressing uh, the Israelites were natural enemies. But we see as the church, just as we are the representative, we are the, in one sense, new Israel. We are along with God. We are God's people in this generation, along with Israel. Uh, Jew and Gentile together. We represent God God's advancement. But these guys, Sambalot, Tobiah, and when you see that, Geshem, they represent Satan's opposition. I just want you to get a picture of that because there is opposition by Satan to any work of God that is advancing the freedom of other people and the glorification of Jesus. There is opposition in that. Now we see here, very interesting, it says, when Sambalot, who's he a type of? Satan, right? This is what we're seeing a picture of. When he heard that we were rebuilding the wall, what happened? He became angry and greatly incensed. What's incense? You know, I get this picture, he's just fuming, you know, fumes coming out of his nose. He is angry and incensed. Now, I praise God that I serve the God of all gods, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. the one who is the creator of all things so I don't have to walk in fear but our enemy who who uh, I don't have time to go into his origins other than to say he was created as an archangel and and rebelled against God he is not the creator of God but he is an enemy who is incensed and who is powerful the church you and Christ are more powerful than him and the church in him is more powerful but he is an powerful enemy that is incensed at any advance of God in your life, any advance of God in the church's life, any advance of God in Waltham, any advance of God in Boston, in the Boston area, and in New England, you understand what I'm saying? Any advance, right? And by the way, this is a side note, but God, Jesus, our God, come down to earth, did not promise us easy lives. He promised abundant lives. And I like that. That means all hell can be coming against you, but it's, it's not overcoming you. It will not and cannot. But that does not. If we spend, which unfortunately, I know you're probably not like me, unfortunately, I'm looking for the easy life all the time. <laughs> Why can't it just get easier? <laughs> but re- what I really should look at is my Lord and look for that abundant life that he had. And hmm, it's good. Anyway, we can move forward here, but we see that Satan, if you'll take this, is incensed at any work of God advancing in your life. Okay? But I've got good news for you. Uh, he's angry and incensed because he knows that every advance of God has to come down. Every advance of God in your life, in my life, and in the church is his demise. You see, ultimately, it's over for Satan. Now, spiritual D-Day versus spiritual V-Day, it's two different things. D-Day... Really, in essence, when the troops, the allies came and stormed Normandy in 1941, I believe it was, when they stormed that and got that beachhead, D-Day was established. Really, the war was, in effect, over. But how many people lost their lives between 1941 and 1945? We are between spiritual D-Day, Jesus, when he died and rose again, declared D-Day. I have established the beachhead. I am the rock. This rock's not going to get moved. My church is going to overcome. But in this time period between Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and us being brought with Him to glory in Jesus, there's a war going on. It's a war we know that God is victorious in, but it is a war nonetheless. You ask the families that came home. Or the families that never saw their son come home between 1941 and 1945. A real war. Although the war, although the real uh, outcome of that war had been, in a lot of ways, established at that time. You understand what I'm saying? So let's look here. The first tactic that Sambalot used was intimidation. And this is what Satan uses in our lives as spiritual wall builders. He said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Feeble, I don't like feeble, (laughs) but he's saying that. that Satan is a bully, right? It's because, though, as I said, he's deeply afraid of his own demise, right? As we've said before, hurt people hurt people, right? Satan is deeply wounded because, and he is more deeply wounded than anyone ever will be, and he goes to his demise, but he is using intimidation in order to keep something of God from coming forth. What what did Sambalot use initially? He used intimidation. When something is small, when something is beginning, he uses intimidation trying to just bluff you out of anything. Satan is a bluffer. He has power, but his power is in the lie. And his power is in the bluff. And so, here we see Sambalot saying, what are those feeble Jews doing? You know, Satan loves to ridicule you in your own individual life when God starts doing something new. This isn't going to last This is if they really knew who you were. You've tried this before. This is just some kind of religious experience. You're going to be back to the old stuff. You're never going to get. You're never going to get over this insecurity. You're never going to get. Is any of this familiar to you? Your family's never going to get restored. This is not going to happen. Those are all intimidating. What you're doing is feeble, basically, because it started. He's terrified. Satan is terrified that you'll get past the starting point and get to a building point. So I'm encouraging you today with that. But Satan's in our own personal lives, but also the church, right? Oh, the church in Boston has been known, or Boston has been known as a spiritual graveyard for so many years, right? Uh, or a graveyard for missionaries, a graveyard for church planners, a graveyard for pastors. And Satan says, what are these feeble, what is this feeble church doing here in Boston? Don't they know? Or in the Boston area, right? Don't they know? I mean, like, if we pushed on these churches, they'd go over like a little wall. You know, this feeble wall is going to fall over. I've heard that voice to me in being a part of seeing CFCF planted. In being a part of helping to see this church planted. and being a part of seeing our church on the North Shore planted and other things. Every time along the way. But I want to tell you something. That came from the mouth of your Lord and Savior, if you have received Him. And if not, you can do that today. I'm gonna tell you something though that encourages me with this intimidation piece, and I want you to take it into your spirit. Jesus said very simply as He spoke to Peter, who was a wall builder. Peter's name is Rock, Rocks put together. Jesus did say this He said, Peter, Cephas, Peter, you are the rock. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't know everybody's name here so I'm going to take a few names, but Jesus is saying, Mary Ann I will build my church in Mary Ann and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't care how many things she's had go against her in life at times or how many times she felt like it wasn't going to make a difference Mary Ann God's going to build his church in Marianne. Anybody else believe that? That knows Marianne? He's already doing it. He's already doing it and he's done it, but he's going to complete it, Marianne. And then he says that. He's saying that over you. What's your name? I will build my church. I will build my purpose. I will complete my purpose in this person's life. Put your name there. When Jesus says something, it comes to pass. Every time. Satan's a liar. Every one of his things ultimately will not come to pass. Everything Satan ever says will come undone. Do you know that? So we don't need to be undone by him. But another thing that the Lord of glory says over the river church and over CFCF, the harbor, he says, and over the body of Christ. We're one part of the body of Christ, but let's just take the churches we're associated with. He says, I will build my church at the river church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't care how weak it seems at times. I don't care what's going on at times. This place, it, we're going to have to sell this place eventually or use it for other purposes because it's not going to be big enough for what God's doing or would we'll just buy another number of them to get out to the people because church is not about come to me. Church is about us being empowered to go to them, right? I'm about to get excited about Jesus for those of you who know me. You just need to be reminded of that today when Satan tries to intimidate. When something's beginning in your life, when something's beginning in our churches, he'll always try to intimidate and bluff you out of it. But I'm saying this, I'm standing firm. God's making you an immovable rock. He's making you a thorn in Satan's hiney. (laughs) If I can say it that way. He is making, I mean, Satan wants you to move off place. But praise God's holy name. He has us to be here and he's going to take care of it. Last Saturday, I just want to mention this one thing. I need to move forward quickly, but just as Nehemiah and the people, how did they deal with this threat of intimidation? They called out to God. Okay, It doesn't say they thought about God. It doesn't say they meditated on God, which are good things. Think about God, meditate, it's kind of the same thing. But it said they called out to God so that God's purpose would continue in advance. The psalmist in Psalm 57 two said this, I cry out to God Most High, to God who accomplishes all things for me. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Any credit for our perseverance as a church in this city goes straight to the God who has heard our prayers and who has accomplished great things. And He's accomplishing something great. We're getting water out of this rock. And what's been called a silent revival in Boston is becoming loud. It's going to get loud. (laughs) It's not just going to be this little, oh, there's some church increase. It's going to be society transforming. And I want to stay around. I'm 47, just turned that. I don't know how long I got. I'm going to try to eat my Wheaties and stay along as as far as possible. But I'm telling you right now, it's happening. because Jesus said it, this is the cradle of our nation. God's going to transform. Anyway. Let me get back here. Last Saturday, I was uh, at the playground with my sons, Jude and Jake. And this was after, uh, after soccer class. And I, um, when I meet people, I try to connect with them. Well, this guy came by. My sons were playing on the playground equipment. And uh, this guy came by with the Dallas Cowboys shirt. I grew up in Dallas, so I started talking to him. Anyway, so I'm talking to this guy. And all of a sudden, I hear this, ah, you know, some kind of major scream from a small child. And all of a sudden, I realized that small child that came out of it is my child <laughs> screaming because he had this little bucket thing. I don't know what. It, and he was spinning around and around. He, ah! And because I heard that scream, I came over to him and I accomplished all things for him. <laughs> I got him out of that bucket. But there was not that was not the only thing he did now. I want to make clear my other son, Jude, was not in any way doing anything uh, negative. He was just playing, and he was not, didn't have any evil intent and is not guilty. But this was the way my other son felt about it. He yelled at my other son and said, don't do that again! So he cried out to his father, and then he resisted his perceived enemy, right? which was not... But I want to say that's how we will rise up over intimidation in our city and in our lives. We cry out to our Father. Sorry for that being so loud. We cry out to our Father. (laughs) And then we say, Satan, you will not have my life. Satan, you will not have this city. We may look weak for a long time, but I can guarantee you this. What is sown in weakness will be raised in power. That's what Jesus said. (laughs) A lot of people just don't like looking weak. Well, I don't care how long we have to look. Did I blow the speaker? <laughs> you, I just don't need it, do I? <laughs> I don't care how long we have to look weak. God's going to look strong. So I'm sticking with Him. Just, yeah. Let's continue to Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very what? Angry. See that again, right? They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard night and day, day and night, to meet this threat. I'll say this, the first thing we said, Satan fights against spiritual wall builders initially, especially, but in any beginning, he fights through intimidation. It's not going to happen, it's not good. But another thing he uses is that he stirs up trouble. When you, keep, when you begin advancing, then he stirs up trouble. <laughs> yes, he does. After Nehemiah called out to God and overcame this initial threat of intimidation, Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, they fought against this. And By stirring up trouble. And um, how did they deal with this threat? It's very interesting to me. <laughs> they prayed. You notice a theme? Do you notice a theme in Nehemiah? It's called prayer. I'm amazed in my own life and in all of our lives how many strategies and plans that we feel will get us to the next level. Hallelujah for strategies and plans. We need them. I'm an inspirational piece, hopefully, to you in some way. But others have wonderful plans. And the plans are in the Lord's hands. But I can guarantee you this. The true advancement doesn't happen through plans. It happens through prayer. And the prayer gives us the power. And then it gives us the plans. And then we move forward with the plans. And Satan is steamrolled. And guess what happens when Satan steamrolled? Broken marriages get restored. Drug addicts get set free. Violent. Children and violence and gangs get delivered from all of that. People get set free from sexual sin, and eating disorders. That's what I mean by Satan getting steamrolled. Satan getting steamrolled means man gets something really, really good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyway, thank you. You Need that. There's no true advancement of the church without prayer. You say, well, we don't have a good prayer plan here. I'm not saying you don't, but I'm saying let's say what's keeping you from just stretching out the Lord yourself? Calling a few friends. Sometimes we wait for programs to come, and the Lord says the program is you obeying and maybe calling together a few of your friends. We'll, we'll develop it as a program later, but it doesn't start as a program. It starts as a group of people with their hearts set on fire, saying the status quo will not work anymore. It's got to change. When I was a kid, I used to play video games somewhat, <clears throat> Uh, I begged my dad for what was Atari at that time. So I'm a little older, but I notice that a few of you are, are closer to my age than at my own church. <laughs> but anyway, I used to play games such as uh, asteroids, right? You know, uh, Space Invaders, right? You remember that one? Mm-hmm. Centipede, Missile Command, you name it. A number of different ones, but one particular uh, video game that I played as a young one was called, um, I'm sorry, it was called uh, Donkey Kong. You ever heard of Donkey Kong? I'm not talking about the new one, I'm talking about the old one. There's a big gorilla type thing that is, is uh, well, there's a, there's a little guy, I'm not sure if it's Mario or who his name is, I don't know. Is it Mario? Okay, yeah, I see. So there's a little guy climbing up this series of, you know, whatever you call him. Uh, walkways and there's a big gorilla and he's rolling barrels rolling barrels down and he's rolling down and uh, little uh, Mario thank you he he either learns how to jump over him or he gets rolled over and dies in the game however that happens right and I used to play this but the the way that I want to say is I feel like this sh- this shows us this principle so well. This is how Satan resists the advancement of God through His people. He takes a little bit of a, it's not a game to him, but he uh, when we're rebuilding spiritual life. Lo-